Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disaster Peace Publishing House. I'm Dev Solovey. And I am Cy Metz. And this is a podcast about the good, bad, but mostly bad of weird internet literature. Dramatic, dramatic readings, readings included. included. So All we're right. getting the hang of it. Yeah, we're getting the hang of it. This is part four of our coverage of Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. If you haven't been keeping up with it at this point, I'd recommend going back to part one and uh, kind of listening through it and just coming on this journey together with us. I feel like I was a, a little less in a jovial mood the last episode, and I'm going to go out of my way to be less dour and just tell, tell more yeah. jokes. I mean, to be fair, with, with this woman's life the way it is, sometimes it can get a little hard. But, like, it, it the payoff at the end, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going into this episode jokes first. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited. All right, all right. Um, so let's jump in chapter 12, which is just called chapter 12. I guess you can think of a title this time. Author's note. Hello, friends. I had this chapter all ready to go a week ago after class last Saturday, but then of course things got in the way like they always seem to. But now that things have slightly settled down here at Fort Parsons, I thought I would finally post this. The campus was dark when Harry, Hermione, Dean, Thomas, and Ronald walked out of their dormitories. It was completely silent because all the other little ones were asleep. The bright, shining stars twinkled approvingly at the righteous young Christian trio. I want to point out there that Ronald is with them, and there's four people. <laughs> and she says the righteous Christian trio. Oh. Yikes. Yikes. I'm nervous, Ron uttered shakily. Isn't this against the rules? So, by the way, uh, just to, just for a recap, they're going into a what's called a pray-off with Draco, which uh, who challenged Harry to one of these. Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione exchanged a knowing look. It wasn't Ronald's fault. It was just how he had been raised. <laughs> Slytherin hats do not usually question authority. They think they just need to do what the head Slytherin hats tell them to do. They never think that maybe the Lord's work is important. Yikes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's really just more and more she's exposing herself. This is the Lord's work, Harry explained patiently. This is more important. That's right, Dean Thomas said wisely, and not a single word was mispronounced. He had dressed quite respectably for the occasion. His face was scrubbed quite cleanly. Okay, but how do you mispronounce that's right? I know. That's not very impressive. <laughs> yeah, her Dean Thomas is just a mess of a character in this, unfortunately. By the way, this entire time I've been picturing Dean Thomas, if anyone has ever seen the cartoon Shaolin Showdown... I'm imagining him as Clay from Shaolin Showdown. I don't think I've ever seen that. Interesting. Hold on, I'm, I'm about to show Dev a picture of Clay from Shaolin Showdown. Oh, you know, interesting. That actually makes sense. Yeah. 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 I don't know what how she physically described him earlier, but like this is this is <laughs> kind of tracks actually. Yeah. No disrespect to Clay. Clay's my boy. Uh, we got another line from Ron here. Oh, Ronald murmured wonderingly. He had never thought that anything could be more important than following the rules, not even the Lord's work. Ronald was starting to ask the big questions, questions which just might lead him to salvation. Just think what would have happened if Harry had not known to love sin and not the sinner. Ugh. Yikes. Uh, just then, Draco stepped out from behind a tree. He was wearing yet another sweater vest. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, she got it the... wrong. She got it wrong, to love the sin and not the sinner. She should have said to love the sinner and not the sin. But that was... She had a weird hang-up about that earlier, too. I, and I thought that she... Maybe I was confused by the way she was wording it, but I thought that she had come on the opposite end of that, saying that that attitude is bad. Yeah, and that's where kind of the hypocrisy is, because she's not loving the sinner, really. And she is, she'll say that it's good and sometimes and bad in others. 
I do want to get <laughs> I do want to get to our sweater vested friend here though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Draco stepped out from behind a tree. He's wearing yet another sweater vest, and he was proudly sporting a Ravenclaw hat. Well, well, Potter. Draco drawled smugly. Looks like you came to the prey off after all. That's right, Harry answered courageously. Well then, Draco grinned self-righteously. Let's pray. Harry and Draco got down on their knees and raised their hands to the sky. Harry verbed adjectively. (laughs) Yeah, that's her format, pretty much. I'll go first because God loves me best, Draco declared confidently. With that, he shouted, Dear Lord, if you agree with me that women are stupid and Potter is wrong, please strike him down where he kneels. Dean Thomas and Ronald gasped. Hermione began to cry, but Harry did not flinch. He knew that he was a man of the Lord. Draco grinned viciously as he looked to the sky for a bolt of lightning, but none came. His eyes widened and his jaws dropped, or his jaw dropped. He began to cry. Now it was Harry's turn to pray. (laughs) So I want to just call back to a prediction you made last week, which is that... Uh, Harry was going to have to purify uh, the wrong kinds of Christians. This is your prediction came true. Um, so Harry he raised his hands far higher than Draco's had been, and he screamed in a voice far louder than Draco's had been, Dear Lord, if you agree with me that women are just as good as men, but just different, please... For a second, he thought about asking for Draco to be struck down, but then he was overcome with mercy. Please make him a Gryffindor hat. In that moment, the hat on Draco's head changed into a red and yellow one with a lion on it, and the tears rolling down his face were not sad tears. They were happy tears. The crowd of onlookers burst into applause, but Harry did not notice all the cheering of students and teachers. He was bathing in the love of the Lord. Author's note, blessings. Harry was super cool because he put on his sunglasses and didn't look back at the explosion. (laughs) Seriously, is that all it takes to shake your foundation is to go like, God, if you agree with me, do this. And then he doesn't. Yeah. How how is she still a Christian then? Because like I did that once when I was like four and I decided I don't think I believe in this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's just the autism. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about what just happened? Because that, to me, is one of the funniest things that happens in this fic. Um, I think that my inability to do anything but cackle with laughter for seven minutes <laughs> yeah. straight uh, is my answer to that. <laughs> right. Holy crap. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, my God. All right, let's jump that into... Was, it's even funnier if you imagine, like, it be, like... It being animated like a JoJo fight scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, just like uh, Draco gets out his stand Mormon report. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a song with Mormon in its title. Uh, there's got to uh, be something. And he, he starts throwing out his mudas or whatever. Yeah. Then Harry throws out his stand, Sister Christian. They start fucking Buddha battling until... Harry's louder, and then uh, he punches oh, Draco's stand in the face, and epic. it turns his hat into a Gryffindor hat. <laughs> this author is a genius. <laughs> I, I think I'm coming back around to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm coming back around to being like, no, this maybe maybe she isn't a monster. If she, she, if she brought me that much joy. Maybe. <laughs> she made me laugh once. How can she ever be mean? I know, and this is what I say with like with this journey. Like It is a journey going through these 14 chapters, and we're, we're coming up to the end here 
let's uh, so let's jump into chapter 13, which is called A Visitor to Hogwarts. Author's note, hello friends. Many of you have notified me about the typo in the last chapter. Oops, I was feeling so confident in my newfound writing skills last class and I didn't think I needed to ask the teacher to full proofread. Once again, oops. I guess this just goes to show that Proverbs 16.18 applies to us all. Smiley face. And that, friends, is why this chapter is so late going up. I waited to post until Greg had a chance to look it over in detail. He says I am definitely improving, but he did still have some suggestions. I hope you all enjoy. Oh, that's who Greg is. It's okay. the writing teacher. Okay, okay. <laughs> I knew it was it was one or the other. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The cheering crowd converged on the two I righteous was, boys. My chapter was late because I stayed after school to hang out with Greg. <laughs> we didn't get any proofreading done because I was just that confident in my pencil work. <laughs> The cheering crowd converged on the two righteous boys. They were led by Dean Thomas, Hermione, and Ronald. Hermione reached Harry first. Joyful tears were streaming down her face, and her lacy pink skirt was swirling around her legs. When she reached Harry, she wrapped her delicate arms around him in a chaste hug. I was so scared, she whispered tearfully. Harry pulled away and patted her reassuringly. He told her, There is nothing to be afraid of, not when we are on the side of righteousness. Hermione grinned admiringly. She exclaimed, You are so brave. Harry smiled humbly and blushed and rubbed the back of his neck like a shy schoolboy. He didn't know why, but he felt so different around her than other people. Perhaps it was because she was so godly. But Harry felt it might be more than admiration that he felt. What was the word? He could not quite put his finger on it. Dean Thomas stepped forward and gave him a very polite handshake. Amazing job out there, he commented intelligently. Harry smiled humbly. It was the work of a power greater than my own. Dean Thomas shook his head in admiration at how humble Harry was being. Truly, a light was shining in this little one. Ronald was next in line. Tears were streaming down his face, and his nose was running down to his chin. He wiped his face with a big, freckled hand. He stuck out the other one for Harry to shake. Harry generously returned the action. That was amazing, He was willing to touch one of those filthy fucking monkey Catholics. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't he such a good boy? I know. I'm waiting for him to pray the freckles away. I think he's about to, actually. Not, not the freckles, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I, I was, I'm just imagining like it, the scene in the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 where like Jamie Foxx turns into Electro and the gaps in his teeth close. <laughs> that, but with freckles. That was amazing. Ronald sobbed, honestly. How do I be as holy as you? Harry, Dean, Thomas, and Hermione exchanged a knowing look. Maybe, they suggested, it has something to do with the hat on your head. Ron got a thoughtful look on his face. His many siblings that were too many for two parents to care for did not like the look of that. Altogether, they walked over and grabbed Ronald and pulled him away. Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione were sad, but they hoped in their hearts that their words were their words of truth would plant seed and grow. But before they could think too much about that, a car pulled into the parking lot. It did not look like the car a busy mommy or daddy would have. No, this was a small so-called eco-friendly car. Oh my god. <laughs> Is his is his fucking auntie gonna come and fucking better? Harry, Dean, Thomas, and Hermione looked at it suspiciously. They did not know who would come out of it. It's Voldemort. <laughs> but they did. They got the feeling it would not be someone good. The car stopped. The door opened. A man stepped out. He was tall and pale-skinned. He was a younger man with only a thin layer of hair hidden underneath his shirt. He was wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants and sneakers. 
No one seemed to take too much notice of him. But then the reverend's wife stepped onto the scene. She screamed. She fainted. At the sound of her cry for help, the Reverend Dumbledore came running to the rescue. So many so-called pro-women's rights people think that Ephesians 5, 22-25 <laughs> is just about wives being submissive. What they don't talk about is that it also tells husbands to sacrifice for their wives. Wow, does that sound oppressive? <laughs> when he saw the <laughs> when she he can't, saw She can't! She stopped describing the wind-up to the villain! When he saw the man who had gotten out of the car, he stopped and gasped and then shouted, Stand back, students. This is Voldemort himself. Voldemort drives a Prius! Author's note, blessings. (laughs) How do we feel about that fucking incredible character introduction? All right, I know we're about to reveal the Dark Lord or whatever, but these bitchy feminists, am I right? I know. God. I mean, how, do you, do you want to just jump into chapter 14 and see how it ends? You know, I think it um I think it might be time to take a quick break. Okay. We'll take a quick break and then we will come back uh with the ending to Hogwarts uh, School of Prayer and Miracles. This one's going to be a banger, folks. Thanks you for, thank you for coming with us. I'm so, I'm so excited for this ending. So you had some thoughts too. Yeah, I my predictions, to which you scoffed at and made me really nervous I'm not, during the break. I'm not scoffing. They're good predictions. Is that uh, <laughs> well, it makes me nervous uh, when the potential for my predictions to not be true <laughs> aren't true because I am thinking of like the most wild shit I can, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm imagining that Voldemort is gonna be like that uh, South Park tier straw man liberal that we were <laughs> discussing earlier the the cuck mm-hmm. as as it were yeah the uh, the 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 king soy boy yeah you know? he he just fucking soy facing his way Priusing up to the to the Hogwarts school yeah, of Christian yeah. prayer pulls out his jug of almond milk and yeah. fake bacon. Just <laughs> self-righteously explains to them why okay, they're wrong. Like, okay, so she complained that he had thin chest hair, but it was still visible through. Yeah. So he is still, like, burly and sexy, just not as sexy as a cowboy, as the cowboy. Well, I mean, maybe. Like, I, I think the, the I, fact that she specifies that it's thin is her making a point of, like, well, you know, he's clearly inferior soy boy cuck to them all because these manly cowboys have a lot. But, al- but also little. describing it as visible through the shit still makes me think <laughs> that it's still pretty thick, just not thick enough. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's it's very funny how we're psychologically analyzing her kinks. <laughs> it's the, the way that I am able to understand people the easiest. <laughs> She likes cowboy gorillas, mm-hmm. who are her um, creative writing teacher and not her husband. I love, like that's yeah. got to be my favorite part about the author. Like she goes through an arc. She the goes. Through, she goes through the qu- Christian equivalent of saying another man's name in bed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and, and the Christian Harry Potter fanfic writing equivalent of that. Um, it's quite funny. I, I wonder if her husband does in fact read it. Um, Probably not. Well. 
given how it ends, you know. Okay. Well. <laughs> like with the author's note, the way it is, it uh, it definitely implies that he does. Um, <laughs> Maybe he just can't read, and he's just like, "Yeah, honey, I love it. Yeah. I love the way that that little one looks like it's got a tail." Yeah. That one right there, you know the one. Well, you know, his wife has to do everything for him, so maybe she has to read for him, too. Yeah. Maybe he can't do it on his own. <laughs> she, like, just noticed it said Greg and said, and just, like, corrected herself as she was reading it out loud to him. <laughs> said uh, Greg, Snape. Yeah. <laughs> he's totally based on you, honey. I, his husband's oh. like, who's Greg? And she's like, oh, it's another character. Uh, you'll see. He'll come up. Yeah, he'll come up later. Be, Don't worry about it. Guy. Don't worry about it. Just uh, just go. Uh, just go in the other room, honey. I'm ordering KFC <laughs> with the with with the the mashed potatoes and the roasted chicken and the corn and the diet Dr Pepper and the cornbread and and the big old slices of cherry pie on the mold with the cinnamon ice cream on top. Of. And then also, the Catholic was eating it with his dirty fucking fingers. Uh, and don't forget, the ladies get one less scoop of ice cream. Oh, that's right. Uh, Unless yeah. they turn into fat whores. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, the, the wage gap exists for a reason. So women are supposed to get less than men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, get, they get 70% the amount of ice cream that men get. <laughs> Turns out the glass ceiling is just the sneeze guard at a at a Baskin Robbins. <laughs> oh, and that's man. the most clever I will ever be on this program. Thank you. Everybody. I'm pretty sure that's the most clever I'll be on this program, and I don't know how politically correct that joke is. <laughs> Well, it's politically correct in the sense that the politics of America have led that to be a correct fact about the way that <laughs> wages are split. Yeah, yeah. So conservative <laughs> feminists do make that argument, by the way. They say that, like, the wage gap doesn't exist because women are just women. And, like, just the way they are means they get paid less. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. Which is a weird essentialist argument to make. Like, Money's a thing we made up, though. Yeah, it's an arbitrary concept, so, like, to tie it to biological essentialism is just fucking wild to me. It is, e it is equally biologically correct as blondes have more fun. Yep, that's about... <laughs> <laughs> it's misogynist blondes have more fun. Essentially, yeah. And it's already kind of misogynist. Is there any other thoughts you had before we... Uh, as always, my thoughts are, this sucks. <laughs> And let's move on. <laughs> so we are on to the last chapter, chapter 14, and this is where uh, the veil is really lifted and we see this woman's um, true colors. So chapter 14 is called Bravely Defeating the Foe. Oh boy. Author's note. Hello, friends. I have some news, and I know that might be disappointing to the mommies out there. My husband and I had a very long talk last night. And he doesn't think that posting my writing online and going to classes is a good idea for our family. It was a hard decision for me to accept, but he does know best. I want to thank all of the many righteous believers who have supported me in this little mission of mine, and I hope that this last chapter ties up the loose ends as best as one chapter can. Oh boy. <laughs> found out about Greg, I guess. He found out about <laughs> Greg! <laughs> Uh, oh, you better it. kill Snape, too. I swear to God, you bitch. <laughs> I don't like how you're writing about his chest hair. <laughs> Harry gasped. 
And Dean Thomas gasped too, and Hermione burst into tears as Voldemort ambled through the parking lot. The enormous crowd of righteous students were nervous, but they still stood boldly in the face of such horrifying evil. Dumbledore stood in front of them protectively and manfully. (laughs) Manfully. (laughs) Harry looked at the depraved man walking toward them, and he thought of all the lies he must have been told by evolutionists and feminists all his life. And he thought of the empty, meaningless depravedness that must he would have to distract him from that missing love in his life. Uh, oh, love with I, a capital can, L. Yeah, you can tell that uh, she stopped taking the writing classes. Yeah. <laughs> and he thought of how one day he would die and that there would be no happy heaven for him, only the flames of hell. <laughs> Harry wondered how anyone could be so stupid. Who would want <laughs> hell more than heaven? It made Harry so angry. Voldemort stopped walking when he was in front of the Reverend Dumbledore. He arrogantly nodded and said, Hey, my name's Tom Riddle, and I'm here to visit my cousin. Which way is the guy's dorm? Oh my god. He's just a normal guy. Enough of your lies, Dumbledore exclaimed bravely. We know who you are. Voldemort blinked stupidly, and then he uttered childishly, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore smiled smartly. You're pretending to be dumb, I see. Well, I'm not stupid. We know all about how much you hate Christians. What? I don't hate Christians, Voldemort lied dishonestly. What are you even talking about? You're still pretending to be dumb, the Reverend pointed out truthfully. We know all about your plot to illegalize Christianity, Voldemort. Voldemort blinked stupidly again and questioned evilly. Wait, this is about my Reddit account? Oh my god! Is that what you call your godless coven? Dumbledore queried knowingly. Well, yes, I have indeed seen your so-called Reddit account and just try to deny your hatred of Christianity when you post things like this. Christians all sucks. Their religion is stupid and should be illegal. There's a lot of typos in that. I will write to Congress and tell them to make law. Harry Potter laughed intelligently because Voldemort did not even understand proper spelling and grammar. That was a joke, Voldemort retorted unintelligently. That whole account is a joke. I mean, Voldemort underscore the underscore righteous underscore skeptic. He laughed with the nervousness of one who knows he is damned. Oh my god! (laughs) Of course you're not supposed to take it seriously. Do you think religion is a laughing matter, young man? Dumbledore demanded righteously. (laughs) Well, it is not. What sort of joke is trying to outlaw religion? Of course I don't actually want to outlaw religion, Voldemort uttered deceptively. That would be ridiculous. I just got annoyed by the ridiculous straw man some Christians have made out of atheism. So, whenever I see someone (laughs) ranting about how depraved and evil we non-believers are, I reply with something like that. You know, taking that stereotype to an extreme to point out how ridiculous it is. Also, a small but vocal minority of atheists exists that stereotypes and mocks anyone who disagrees with them. They can be just as hateful as people think we all are, and that does real damage. They bug me as much as the straw man arguments do, and they give those arguments credibility. So I do the same thing to them, replying with an extreme version of what they said to highlight the absurdity of it. So, you're making fun of atheism? Dumbledore interrogated shrewdly. No, no. I am an atheist, Voldemort explained sinfully. I'm just... Just as I thought, Dumbledore surmised wisely, and he smiled wholly in satisfaction that the Lord had worked through him. We have been preparing for this day, and we have been preparing for it for a long time. Students! Okay, now I don't know if this is a troll fic or not. Hold on. The holy little one stood at attention. Convert him, Dumbledore commanded bravely. (laughs) And all at once, the students began to shout. You've been tricked by the lies of society, Harry shrieked knowingly. You deserve to burn in hell. 
Come over here, Dean Thomas screeched articulately. Debate me on religion. Oh my God. I'm just so upset that you don't accept the Bible, Hermione sobbed femininely. The Bible is the best book ever. Why can't you just respect that? I'm a Gryffindor hat now, Draco yelled boldly with the inspiring zeal that so many newcomers to the faith have. Do you hate me now? I bet you do. Voldemort covered his ears with the discomfort that heathens often find themselves with when they are confronted with the truth. <laughs> and he shouted, shouted loudly to drown out the word of the Lord. You've been preparing to do this? To scream at me? It is the work of the Lord, Dumbledore explained accurately. Aren't there better ways to spend your time than preaching to a bored idiot who makes fun of people on the internet? Voldemort questioned hedonistically. <laughs> your lord seemed to be pretty concerned about helping the people around him. Is that not his work anymore? How can we focus on helping people when there are people like you trying to destroy us? Dumbledore countered astutely. I told you before that Reddit account is a joke, Voldemort whined pathetically, but the Reverend shook his head. I thought that might be so at first, the Reverend commented fairly, but it was just too realistic. How is it realistic? Voldemort inquired uninformedly. It wasn't even subtle. I waxed poetic about the sexiness of neckbeards and said that Christopher Hitchens has superpowers. It was supposed to be funny. How could you take it seriously? This is... I feel like... I feel like a fool. <laughs> Dumbledore scoffed. I feel like I have been taken... On a ride by a charlatan. <laughs> Dumbledore and now, and now I'm being called an idiot. <laughs> and he replied faithfully, "Like it or not, your little joke is what most most atheists today are like." So my Reddit account solidified your conception of atheists as a bunch of anti-Christian bigots who are just angry as God, angry at God. Voldemort solicited stupidly, and then he sighed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? This has gone too far. I'm sure that most people can tell that I'm not being serious, but if I'm contributing to the misinformation and stereotypes, I don't feel comfortable continuing this. Voldemort pulled an iPhone out of his pocket, and he began to type on it. After a few minutes, he showed the screen to Dumbledore. See this? I just made a post. I am a troll. It is the last post I will make on that account. Are you happy? I... <laughs> this is incredible. Dumbledore virtuously ignored the heretic, and he turned to the little one standing behind his protection. Students of Hogwarts, this fool will not listen to reason. Let's save this heathen soul. <laughs> All the little ones got down on their knees, and they raised their hands to the sky, and they screamed to the heavens in the voices of those who knew they were doing great work. Lord, please make Voldemort a Gryffindor hat. Voldemort sighed wickedly, and he shook his head godlessly, and then he walked away depravedly. But even as the fornicating, drug-addicted evolutionist disappeared into the distance, the righteous little ones continued to pray. They knew that if they screamed loud enough, they could change the world. The end. Oh my god, I feel like a fucking fool. Uh-huh, that was my feeling when I read this chapter. It's fucking genius, though, isn't this it? This is genius. I know, and it's- It feels- it feels so real. This I know. guy, whoever made this, is a goddamn genius. I know, I can't- like, at first I was like, I cannot believe the I got duped of, by a Redditor, but then, like- The- the- the look of joy on your face as it- as I started realizing. <laughs> That's the happiest I have ever seen you. Yeah, no, I'm just like, oh, the payoff um oh my god but yeah oh my god this, this is, is incredible i know it's genius isn't it oh my god this guy I'm is like i am astounded yeah no this is truly um just incredible writing and like when you look back on it it all starts to make sense it all makes sense how this person crafted this like, uh, to it, be it, such it feels, a way it, yeah in, in retrospect you can see like oh th these are the moments where he's the greg bit 
Obvi- obviously, that was that was him shouting to the audience. No, you need. To- yeah, yeah. I think that's when the armor starts to. Yeah, and I think it's so neat how like culture has changed so much that like. Uh, and the internet and the discourse on it has gotten so openly ridiculous that, like, it, you and I could believe this in the year of 2023 because right. we've seen stuff like Girl Defined. We've seen all this stuff. And he, uh, whoever writes this, I'm, I'm making the assumption it's a he just because Voldemort seems to be a self-insert. Yeah. Um, it could, it might not be, I don't know. But he he's making these these points so well that they're almost too well and he is aware of it and then is like i'm pulling the plug on this because there this is not being perceived the way it's intended and is contributing to the harm i was initially trying to poke fun at yeah yeah and that's the most fascinating thing about this to me yeah yeah i guess the fact that i i was under the feeling that it could be a real individual that's what i love though is that this is so i don't i no longer feel bad about making my assumptions about this this bitch from a textual standpoint saying like i feel like there are little hints yeah but like grace ann parsons is the most well-developed character in this entire thing because she goes through an arc and you start to see kind of her psyche like i truly believe this person could be an excellent writer because they're that good at putting themselves in another person's perspective i also think that even if this guy is like very much a far more reasonable atheist he's still been immersed in this yeah he's been immersed in the discourse in a very personal way because he's able to portray this in a way that does feel like Mm. a real person you know, you know, and the fact that it, it rang so true to a lot of things we were experiencing at the time, I, I can't help but feel like maybe this is somebody who's kind of like coming from our perspective, too. Yeah. Some, somebody who's who's tr- wrestling with the ways to point out these hypocrisies that they mm. clearly have some strong emotional mm. attachment to. The, the way that these arguments are presented feels so real. It, it, yeah. it comes from a real place, and this person understands the perspective of somebody who genuinely holds those beliefs. Yeah. And parrots them back in a way that feels like they've heard it a million times before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it truly is kind of... It's, it's somebody who's been in the discourse and is upset with how the rhetoric gets portrayed, and so they're portraying it and then calling to light how many misconceptions contribute to it right um and this chapter this is why i wanted to read the whole thing with this is fucking incredible yeah yeah because this truly i think is one of the best writers i've seen on that is that is fucking genius you're a goddamn genius yeah whoever wrote this just fucking absolute legend just a a hero like i and it's, it's amazing how like like this this writer was able to write this in such a way that grace ann was actually kind of sympathetic to me mm-hmm. like she did say some stuff that was like genuinely atrocious like like if we're talking about grace ann as a character yes she said some stuff that was genuinely atrocious but it was also like her her psyche and, and motivations were complex enough and, and the story was complex enough that i was kind of able to like feel bad for her that she's sort of like trapped in this indoctrination and then she's having this kind of cognitive dissonance occur 
you know, and we're, we're seeing it happen and, and seeing her, you know, at first she's very gracious about the trolls, but then she kind of starts to break and she kind of starts to snap back at them because she's, again, deriving empowerment from her identity and they're telling her horrible things like your children are going to hate you when they grow up, you know? Yeah. So it was, you know, again, said some atrocious stuff, but like I was able to sympathize with her. And then by the end, when we're, we're brought out of it and he basically just turns to the camera and says, I am a troll, like just it it truly hits you exactly how much thought and detail and realism this person kind of put into it yeah it feels like the type of weird rants you'd get from like 87 year old church ladies (laughs) and the only response you can have to to those types of things is just to go ah what a wasted soul yeah to, to have your life culminate in this very specific type of brain rot that is historically irrelevant now yeah you know there's so many people when this type of weird christian evangelical voice was starting to emerge yeah in in its in its current form where you, you just can't help but feel sad that people devote their their lives to such temporary hateful endeavors yeah, and I think the thing that makes Grace Ann Parsons very tragic uh, character to me, tragic hero, you might say, is that there are people who absolutely take pride in being housewives, and it's not because they have any sort of indoctrination about it, it's just they take genuine joy in being with their children and taking care of their children, and that's okay. But this is not who she is, because she's not just a mom, she is kind of a go-getter. She's a, she, she's a creator, she feels strongly about stuff, and she feels like solving problems that she sees in the world and she's unable to do that because she's trapped in this kind of situation where she asks she has to ask her husband for permission for everything and you know at the end she's saying like my husband said i have to stop this and she's clearly not happy about it and you know and she was happy being in that writing class because of uh greg the teacher you know connected with her in a way that her husband clearly didn't and yeah uh, you had those i I made those jokes earlier but like the asides where she's saying I'm spending time with this teacher and it's been really fruitful, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't help but feel you had a you had a brief moment of of spark from this person who yeah. never ever was even allowed to try, and because her worldview is so centered on the tearing down and othering of other, not only is she not capable of truly expressing something creative she has to latch on to an existing ip to to spread her rhetoric yeah but she not only that but like the small sense of agency she gets from this project it's it's snuffed out before it's ripped away from her it's ripped away from her I would love to read a novel about Grace Ann Parsons. Like this is this is why I'm saying this person is an excellent writer, um, because they've, in just a weird satirical way, crafted a character that is, at least to me, compelling. Like imagine a kind of a literary fiction novel about Grace Ann Parsons taking on this this endeavor in a restrictive household, and she finds this creative writing teacher who opens her eyes to something else that she's really very passionate about, and then she might start to question her worldview. You know, it could be like a really liberating story, I feel like. It's the beginning yeah. to a, I, I a, think a novel. I agree with you on every part except for the questioning the worldview part, because that's the tragedy here. 
she has the opportunity to break free and she never she questions her worldview only in a way that props it up even further no she what? takes a fake crap I, I'm just saying like I, I feel like the intention of of this is to like show that she's stuck. What I'm, what I was saying you know? is is not that she questions it here. I'm saying that if you were to continue writing that story, and and she were to continue with this writing class, or that she were taken out of it, that could be an an inciting incident for her to question it in the right way. I'm I, saying if you continued writing it, I think you I, could. I'm saying that I think that it would be far more interesting if you continue it on, but she still ends up. Like, like, it would be a tragedy still. She would never break free. She, she'd go through all these mental gymnastics, unable to actually rationalize these, mm. uh, these conflicting ideas. Yeah. Because she never, she doesn't. Even yeah. in, she, she makes these half-hearted attempts mm. to, it, she doesn't even genuinely engage with, with any of these criticisms yeah. in good faith, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, I do think, you know, there's like a think- piece or a, a yeah, literary yeah. fiction novel just waiting to be written here absolutely and parsons yeah i mean how you know because it's it's like comical the degree that these characters are pig-headed at the end of of the yeah story. i do love how like to the end this person really sticks with uh the narrative voice because even yeah. when you have voldemort looking at the camera and saying i am a troll unless it's his dialogue it's still just like he lied yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love this one of these last sentences voldemort sighed wickedly and he yeah. shook his head godlessly and he walked away depravedly yeah. you know just like really sticks just, to it. just Even in leans case. in yeah yeah. No. yeah it's very funny yeah i hey i take back all of the it sucks yeah, yeah, no, it is actually uh, a satirical masterpiece. Yeah, um, well done. Yeah, I know, and I, I love too, like the because um, he did pull the plug on it, and I, it might have been because he was tired of writing it, but I think it's also the whole like, um, oh, what's that meme with the guy with the shirt that says satire or something or other? It, it has Require, to be yeah. Satire requires a clarity of purpose. Uh huh. Otherwise. It could be uh, misconstrued or... Yeah, uh, otherwise it will be taken as something that contributes to that which it tends to it intends to make fun of. I'm, I'm misquoting, he, he, but like... He, he, he's drawing from those same principles and wording that yeah, idea. He, yeah. He, 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 he talks about that. He says something more along those lines. Yeah, well, that, and that's yeah. what he says here, too, is he's saying, like, the... The, the reddit account he's referring to is like a joke it's like uh satire by taking it to an extreme and that's kind of what he's done here too yeah as uh, he's taken it very much to an extreme in an attempt to be satirical but people are actually taking it seriously and he's kind of realizing that and pulling the plug yeah um because that's just how insane discourse can get is that like this can read as believable yeah um so i don't know i just i, I do love this piece quite a lot uh, it's just a, a journey, and it's one of the few times where I've been like completely duped in a way that was just thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, that <laughs> I fucked pulled the wool over my eyes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, Grace Ann Parsons is a wonderful character, and I'd love to read a book about her someday. <laughs> I hope this person has continued writing. Is all I want to say about that. Yeah, I as, and that person was Jordan Peele. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, this, it seems like, um, unless you have anything else to say, this is probably going to be one of our shorter episodes. Yeah. Uh, I do have one last thing to say, and that's, that rules! Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> If you want early access to episodes, you can subscribe to me on Patreon, Dev Solovey. That's S-O-L-O-V-E-Y. Not a lot of people know how to spell that. Um, As always, we'd like to thank Arya for creating our theme music. You can find her on Twitter at TooGlitch. And we will see you on the next episode. And remember, don't read where you shit. (laughs) 